The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined today by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy as always. Before we get into things, I'd like to just give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. We're going to start this weekend by, or sorry, this week by looking ahead to a big double header in Parky Cueve, which takes place this weekend as both Camogie team and men's football team face tough challenges against Galway and Derry, respectively. Kieran, starting with the Camogie team, Corker sitting pretty at the top of Division 1A league going into round five. They've won all four games so far and they'll be confident going into to Sunday, even though they know they'll be up for a tough game. Yeah, I think so. Um, Cork look on course to, to get into that Division 1 final. I was just looking looking there. They'd need to lose by 19 points to Galway on Sunday and along with a Tipperary win in Kilkenny to deny Cork getting through to the final. So you could say that Cork have one foot in the final. Mathematically, okay, they might not get there, but the odds the odds are that, that they will. And they've been so impressive so far. And even look back to their, their win last weekend um, in Northern Park, 23 points they put up on Kilkenny. And they won that game by 10 points. And Matthew Toomey, the Cork manager of Fiona Keaton, were talking after about how Cork are building such a strong team for the for the for the summer coming up. And we've got to remember that this is a Cork team that has no Ashton Thompson at the moment. She's injured. We haven't seen Orla Cronin back in there yet. So there's a couple of, of big players to come back in for Cork. So it's um Pamela Mackey as well, sorry, Katrina Mackey or two more that, that Cork are to welcome back in. So for Cork to do what they're doing, have four wins on the in a row in the league, sitting top of the table and like I said earlier, practically in the league final, it just it's a it looks good for the summer um for the for the for the championship in the summer, but they're they look to make their mark in the league first. I think Cork want to get some silverware because that's the next step for this Cork team. Over the last couple of years, they've come up short in finals, be it all Ireland finals or league finals. So I think it'd be so important for this group to actually taste a win on a big day and get to hold some silverware because that could be the catalyst for for bigger and better days to come. The focus now is on Sunday up in Parky Cueve and just a chance to make it five wins in a row and just keep that momentum building. And Galway, of course, beat them in the final, the league final last year. So they'll be looking at Sunday as, first of all, probably a chance to, to put one over them. And then second of all, to kind of consign any chance of Galway playing them in the in the final to, to history and maybe play Tipperary then. Exactly, yeah, because like I was saying there, the 
Cork have come up short in finals in the last couple of years, and it's usually Galway or Kikini that beat Cork when you get to the business end, when you get to the final, whether it's a league final or an Ireland final. So I think it'd be very important for the development and growth of this Cork team just to, to get back into final first off, but then to win the game. That's almost the next step in, in their development because there's some really talented young players coming through. Um, Orla Halan is one that springs to mind straight away. She's doing great stuff inside there at the moment. And Matthew Toomey and Fiona Keating both singled her out after the win against Kilkenny um, last weekend as well. And when you have the likes of Fiona Keating in her new midfield role stepping up, you have the likes of Saoirse McCarthy in All-Star like you've young players like that taking on leadership roles inside in in that in that Cork team, so it augurs well for the for the summer. But they want to take it one game at a time. Like I said, their focus now is on Sunday. It's on Galway and it's on in Parky Cueve, and it's the it's the first leg of that double header. So hopefully there'll be a nice crowd in there for to to, to watch both Cork teams. So it's a chance for this Cork Camogie team to show maybe Cork G fans wouldn't usually go to Camogie games just to show them what they're capable of doing. It's a big stage, it's Parky Cueve, and Cork will want to, like I said, keep building momentum to what we hope will be a, a busy summer. Yeah, and the Camogie team are also probably one of Cork's best teams at the moment. Like they're they're performing well, a lot of players are performing well, and like you said, they're looking to make a five wins from five on Sunday. So hopefully people will get out and and watch it. And the the second game then on Sunday, John Cleary's Cork, welcome Derry. Um, promotions now not possible after last weekend's defeat to Loud. And before we get into this weekend, what are your thoughts on the result against um Nicky Hart's team? And also the fact a lot of people didn't get to to see anything from the game after RT's cameras uh didn't make the trip to RD. For some reason, RT can't can broadcast games from RD, which which is a shame. Um, it's a shame for Cork fans, but it's a huge shame for Loud fans because mm. Loud are louder on the crest for wave at the moment. They've now won four games in a row. They're still in that promotion chase. They're taking on the dubs this weekend in a in a winner take all clash. Um so there's a the chance for for Loud to jump up another division and that'd be an incredible success story the, the rise they've had over the, the last couple of years. And whether they, they do it or not, um what a what a campaign Loud have had. Um Cork will be disappointed of course um leaving RD on Sunday. With, with that defeat, they coughed up the last five scores in a row to, to Loud, and that was the difference in, in, in the end. Loud won, won, won 10 to 10 points. Cork will be disappointed. Um, they were they were hoping to, just to, like, I, like I said with the Cork Camogie team, just building momentum towards the summer. Okay, promotion was taken out of the equation with, um, with, with Derry and, and Dublin both, both winning. But Cork could still look after themselves and just try and try and build towards summer because the the All Ireland or the Munster Championship isn't too far away. That's just the start of April and that's just around the corner when Cork will travel up to Cusick Park in Innes to take on Clare in, in that quarter final. So we've spoken about it before, like Cork need consistency and that's consistency of, of results. And this is a blip. This is a blip. Um we didn't see it coming. We predicted a Cork win in on last week's podcast, and I thought Cork would win. And they were looking good for for large parts of that game. Daniel O'Mahony getting sent off and um, didn't help their their cause the, down to fourteen men. But indeed, indeed, just couldn't quibble that that loud or full value for the win. And Mickey Hart is is doing great things there. But for Cork, okay, they didn't win, but have to get back in the the horse um, against a a really good Derry team this the, this Sunday. This is another test for. For Cork, they'll want to finish their, their their campaign on a on a high, but it's going to be tough because Derry are they've been the class outfit in Division Two this year. 
Uh, will it be a good chance you mentioned there about building momentum um, and last weekend against Loud being a blip? Will this be a good chance to maybe get back on the horse in, in that sense? Um, obviously, like Derry are, are a very good team, but looking into the summer, um, teams like Derry are the ones that the Cork would be kind of aiming to, to beat. But if, if you look at last year, what Derry achieved being a Division 2 team, getting all the way to the all Ireland semi-final and um, they're just a, a really good team and, and they've kicked on again this year they're, they proved they're one of the top teams in the country and I think it could be a tough afternoon for, for Cork um, because Derry are, are that good but Derry are the type of, type of team that Cork have to aspire to, to reach that level and to beat them because that was that has to be the next step in, in Cork's development um, winning away to Kildare in the second round of the league was, was a big result for Cork. They won away on, on the road to a team that was ranked above them. And that was a that was a good scalp to get. But now they're home to a very good Derry team. So I think it'll be important for us to get that performance and let's see where that takes this Cork team. But you would like to see Cork finish on a high um, before we go into that Munster quarterfinal against Clare. Because if Cork are coming off the back of two defeats, all of a sudden the mood music just changes a small bit. All of a sudden, then Cork would have lost four out of their seven games and, and only won three. So that's how quickly things can turn. We were so optimistic last week before the before the low games, saying that um, when we fancied a, a Cork win, but if it is back to back defeats, it just does kind of does put a taint on on the on, on the on the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how this Cork team gets on against a, a very good Derry side. Yeah, like we said, that's. Second part of the double header. So the Cork play Galway at 12 noon in the very Camogie Division 1A league. And then in the Allianz Division 2 league, Cork playing Derry at 2 p.m. So those are the times there for our listeners. Um, just moving on now to rugby. And while much of the talk this week has been about Grand Slams and the Ireland team, West Cork has its own brilliant rugby story to tell as Gibberine Rugby Club's women teams, women's team are through to an All-Ireland semi-final following an incredible 61-5 victory over Westport in the 2023 Energia All-Ireland Women's AIL Junior Cup. Kieran, this is a team that's making history at the moment. A great result. Great result for Skibbereen. What a power pack display. Running in 10 tries to beat Westport and to get thrown out to the All-Ireland uh, Women's Junior Cup semi-final. So this is the inaugural year of this competition. So eight teams were picked from the four provinces so Skibbereen one of the two sides selected to represent Munster in this competition alongside UL Bowes seconds um, so great honour for Skibbereen first to, to represent West Cork and Cork and Munster in, in this competition so a lot of history was made in Skibbereen on Sunday Skibbereen were the first ever West Cork team to play in this competition it was the first time that this that one of the that the All Ireland Women's Junior Cup a game was held in Skibbereen and in West Cork so lots of little Moments of history for the skip team, and they didn't let the occasion face them, which is a which is a great sign. They pulled out what their head coach Santa Govinder said after was their best performance yet, and that's incredible for for this team. Like I said, they ran in ten tries, they put up six sixty one points, which is a incredible scoring. And and just just looking through the through there, did um tries from Avril Candel, the captain, Jasmine Kiley, Fiona Love, Kira Sullivan got two tries as a Sharon Stout. Molly O'Connell, Sinead O'Donovan and Emma Connolly all got tries as well. So a real team effort here from Skibbereen. And they're now true to the All-Ireland Women's Junior Cup semi-final. And they're away to Tullamore on April 2nd. So that's going to be a, a tough away trip for, for Skib. But what, what a win like this does for them, it just it 
generates huge interest locally because the spotlight is on them and they perform. But it's also great for the team itself. Like, imagine them going to training this week. They'll be bounding into training because they know they have another huge game coming up in a couple of weeks. It's an All-Ireland semi-final. They're that close. They're one game from an All-Ireland final and uh, the chance to win some more silverware. So huge congrats to the Skibbereen ladies rugby team. But they're not finished yet. Yeah, the captain, Avril Condal, was very confident speaking at the recent West Cork Sports Star Awards. Obviously, the Skibbereen um, team were awarded Team of the Year at the awards. And she also said we can expect to see some of these women wearing Ireland jerseys at some point in the future. So it's all positive going forward. And we move on now to the West Cork rally, which um, culminated last weekend with Monaghan's Josh Moffat winning um, it's the second round of the 2023 Irish Tarmac Rally Championship. And Kieran, it's always a, a big uh, turnout when the West Cork Rally comes to town. That's huge. It's, it's a huge event for, for the Clan of Kilty and its surrounds. It's a huge event for, for West Cork as well, because the West Cork Rally is one of those iconic rallies in the Irish motorsport calendar. And um, last week's action did not disappoint. Like we said, Aaron Monaghan's Josh Moffat, he took the... Took the, the big prize, but there's a lot of local winners too, and I think that's so important. Um, motorsport is so strong here in in West Cork. There's a there's a great motorsport family. There's a great interest in motorsport locally, and I always think back to when when COVID hit back in 2020, Dylan. We ran um, a best in the West competition. It was to decide who was West Cork's greatest sports person of the last uh, 50 years, and we opened it up to the public. It was voting. It was a voting on on social media. And it was Keith Cronin. Keith Cronin actually came out on top and it was a huge numbers came out to vote on him. And that always sticks in my mind. I just think it highlights just how, how strong motorsport is here in West Cork. So I quickly look at some of the, the local winners of the various classes. So Dara O'Donovan from Ring in a Honda Civic, he won the, the junior category, which is a pretty big win for him. Um, the man was Jason McSweeney. He was the top local driver. They finished seventh overall. Mike Clannacilty's Cal McCarthy and his Ross Carberry co-driver Eric Callanan, they finished in 10th place. Going down to some more of the classes. Um, in class 11F, Rena Screen, a husband and wife, James and Aoife Ronan, Ronan, they took the top billing there. There was a class win two in, a local win two in class 22 when the Ross Moore clan of Kilty crew of Seamus O'Donovan and Daniel O'Donovan in a Honda Civic. And um, they took the victory there just ahead of Skibbereen's Pat Callanan and Lepp's Amy Galway. While clan of Kilty's Aidan Hennessy and Ross Garvey's Aidan O'Donoghue finished third. So that was a one, two, three for West Cork drivers in, in class 22. And looking at the class 20, Conor McCarthy from Dunmanway and his gypsy co-driver, Gavin Sheehan, came out on top there. And in class 13, um, Barry Rowe co-driver, Dylan Doonan, partnered Middleton's Keane Walsh to victory. So that's for some of the, the local winners from the West Cork Valley. And our listeners, um, just check out this Thursday Southern Star. We'll have a two-page special looking back on all the action from the West Cork Rally last weekend and we're chatting to some of the local drivers who are in action so it's well worth checking out. Absolutely and we're going to take a quick break now but we'll be back in a moment and we'll be hearing from Christina Desmond. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
Last time Christina Desmond was on the Star Sport podcast was following her brilliant silver medal as part of Team Ireland's success at the European Championships last year. This time she's back with a gold medal, having won at the 74th International Strandja Boxing Tournament. Christina was in good form when we called up a few weeks ago, Kieran, and it's kind of testament. We we always say that um, we have too much to, to fit into the podcast or we could do two podcasts a week with the amount of West Cork sport. This is a, a testament to that because um, I spoke to Christina a couple of weeks ago at this stage and we started chatting about how this ju- wasn't just any old gold medal. The Strangia Amateur Boxing Tournament in Boxing Tournament, or sorry, Boxing Circles is a very prestigious tournament. It's kind of like a another world and um, so for her to get a gold medal is is really impressive and she was in great form when I spoke to her a few weeks ago. So Christina another tournament and another medal this time a gold at the 74th Strangia Memorial Tournament. Before we get into that I just wonder if you could maybe explain for listeners um, how highly regarded the tournament is because I know like European championships mm-hmm. get a lot of publicity but this may be not mm-hmm. the exact same amount of publicity so is it something that that in the boxing world is highly regarded? Um, yeah. So the, like, Stranger Tournament is one of the biggest tournaments in the country or in the world. Um, like there's nations entering two or three boxers in it, and they use it as a qualifying um process for their own um country to to see who's going to go to world or European championships. And um, everyone is, um, you know, a peak at their peak really going to this tournament because this is where we all see who's who and what's what um, before Europeans and Worlds. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge tournament. I've been there, this will be probably my fifth time going to it. Um, and this is my first time that I ever medaled at it. Um, it's it's a huge, huge competition. And uh, yeah, I, I don't really like it because it's so so competitive. You know, it's, um, it's, it's one that we all kind of dredge because everyone's out there trying to uh suss everyone out and you know that that's the the feeler tournament really but um yeah everyone's top of their game and everyone's trying to try to be the best and um like there was nations there that you wouldn't get um to fight only at world championships australia brazil um india you know it was it was massive it was it was bigger than europeans really um so it was i don't know was there close on 45 or 50 nations um which is massive and um yeah it's like there's Olympic champions, world champions, European champions, you know, all thrown in at the one weight and everyone is as good as the next person, you know, everyone has their number ones there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly, fairly big tournament and every boxer in the world knows about it. And you mentioned there the the high standard. Is it the kind of place that, um, like, obviously you, you won a goal there. Does that feel like something like you lay down a marker almost for the, for the rest of the year kind of as one? You're one to watch out now for other other boxers in in your weight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like normally, strange is always the start of the year, so it's January, February. Um, and to be fair, like it it was so close to our na- nationals, and we found out so late we were going. I was just going to go out and and try and get as many rounds in as possible, and so be it if I lost. There's you know it's like a, it's like a sparring camp after it, you know. So you you still are going to get a good week out there. Um, so I kind of had no no sights really. I just wanted to get out and get a few rounds and then practice rounds and all. And um, yeah, the tournament went very well for me. Um, obviously, but um, yeah, that's that's I'm, you know, I I think 
go on on about my business now for the rest of the year with with a little less pressure and um you know I enjoyed that tournament so hopefully it's going to continue for the rest of the year. You said there about trying to get in as many rounds as you can. Um, you got like a buy into the the semi final, whereas your your opponents um from Poland in the final would have played or fought one one extra match. Do you think that? Is an advantage or, or a disadvantage, or do you think that there is kind of advantages and disadvantages to both? Uh, there is advantages and disadvantages to both. To be fair, um, I've never got a buy in my life. I never have that look. I always get the the toughest side of the draw and the draw that you know that would be out first. But um, I was happy enough to take the buy. Um, and then she she fought once, and then but I I the, my semi final opponent um hadn't fought either. Um, I wouldn't have liked if they had got one fight over me because I know you'd say, oh, they, they would be tired after the first fight. But actually, the first fight is always the hardest one because you're, you know, you're getting into tournament and all that. And um, I'd rather have one fight over me before I get any anywhere. You know, like it's it's good to get it in and get out and get the first one done. Every boxer says that. So um, I was happy enough that she didn't get that opportunity, you know, that the because, you know, the first round would have been very slow. For me, and if she had had that advantage, you know, it could have changed the fight. So, uh, my Indian opponent in the semi final hadn't got that um opportunity. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was good in a way the way it worked out. But um, sometimes I just rather get in and be the first in, and uh, go for it. So, um, just not this time. But look, it worked out, and you can only fight who's put in front of you. So. And just in, in terms of the, the final then itself, obviously um one five nothing on points. Was it uh a fight that felt as kind of simple as it looked from the sidelines? Like how did it feel for, for yourself in the ring? Uh yeah, so I had boxed on the Saturday in the semi against the Indian girl and um she was just all she wanted to wrestle, she wanted the she wanted a messy fight and I it just made me look very bad and and yes I won and I, I clearly you know when I was boxing well in there I was clearly scoring um but uh the second uh, the girl in the Polish fight then when I was fighting Poland she was very strong stand-up kind of boxer um and I knew I'd have to be on top of my game to, to beat her um I knew if I went after her that she was going to pick me off with shots you know she she wanted me to do that so it was it was very difficult but it was a learning experience for me um I trusted the coaches they told me to stand back have patience, wait for it, and the time will come. You'll know when to throw. And I just felt lazy, like I was like came out after the first round, and I was like, I feel so impatient. I need to work more. And they're like, No, you're cleanly, cleanly landing shots. You need to keep your patience. You need to, uh, buy your time. You know, like you don't need to be involved with her. So um, I did that, and I came out after the second round, and I actually said, I can remember clearly saying, uh, I think I kind of like this. And they were all just laughing at me because I hate being in there. Like I absolutely, I love after it, but I hate in there. Um, but the three minutes, you know, I wasn't tired. I felt fresh for the whole lot. I felt I was clearly landing shots. Um, she's a very good girl. She's experienced. Um, and she was strong. Um, we came out of a hold at one stage, and she hit me with a body shot and, and properly took the win for me. And, um. It probably didn't count because it was after the referee had called stop, but it did take the win for me, you know. So I just took my breath and went on about it. But you know, like that's just that just happens in boxing anyway. It's normal. But she was a strong girl, and um, I I knew in there that she didn't feel comfortable with me. So um, maybe that relaxed me. But um, yeah, the three rounds seemed seemed easy enough to be fair. Not 
boxing wise, but uh, mentally I, I I was really happy in there. So um, hopefully that continues. And as as you kind of progress now, does it does it help you having had two kind of quite different fights, like you mentioned there, one against an opponent who kind of wanted a bit of a dirty fight, and then somebody else who who stands off a bit more? Does it help you for the rest of the year to get that kind of experience against such high standard, as you said? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great confidence booster. Um, for me to know that I can get in there and get in with the 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 best in the world and move around with them, whether it be going their fight or doing my own thing. Um, and you know, for the the the, the final was was a huge experience for me to say, look, just trust it and go with it, because you know, I I I'd want to try and bury it in the first or second round, you know, and not you know, and try and get that you know be the pressure fighter and be the one that's you know scoring all the time but um if I did that I do feel she might have beaten you know it could have gone another way so um for me to have the patience and to to trust that bit of knowledge from the coaches was um was good for me and um it was going to be a learning experience either way and I, that's what that tournament was for so I might you know that's where I that's where you practice that's where you put out all of this you know maybe in the worlds or Europeans you mightn't be as of trusting or, you know, because there's so much at stake. So um, I felt I had nothing at stake. I had no pressure um, and um, I was after making it to the final. So uh, that that was that was enough for me and to go in then and put on the performance that I did put on, I'm very happy with it. And where does it leave you now um, for the rest of the year, just with your plans um, going forward? Like, obviously, you're part of such a successful team effort at the moment. Um, is it something that you're hoping to, to continue on for the rest of the year? And into next year as well, obviously. Uh yeah. So at the moment I'm boxing at seventy kilo. That's what the fight was at. Um, the Olympic qualifier spot is at sixty six kilo. Um, so I will probably have to have um assessments with my teammates at who are around sixty six kilo, um, and then the the Irish coaches will be picking, um. There's only one allowed to go to European qualifiers in June, so the Irish team will be picking who they think um deserves the spot. Uh, so that's happening in the next couple of weeks. And if I don't get it picked, I will be at seventy kilo and uh, going to other tournaments. I have no idea what the plan is as of yet. Um, it's just all up to Olympic qualifiers. If I get picked for Olympic qualifiers, obviously that's going to be my main focus. So, um, it's totally up to the Irish coaches at the moment. And um, look, I I it's it's a huge experienced team the women's team uh it's just unlucky that there's such little um weights allowed go and that there's so many boxers in ireland that are capable of winning olympic gold or silver or bronze medals at the same weights Um, so look my fate is in the irish coach's hands and if you were to get picked what kind of um advantage would you kind of feel you'd have dropping down from from a slightly higher weight uh, I'd be strong. Um, I'm feeling very strong at the moment at 70 kilo, and I'm making weight easy. So, um, you know, if I put myself under that that pressure and make it right, I do feel I'll I'll have a huge advantage with strength, and um, just general, general, general strength, not just punching strength, but um, stance and proper. I'd I'd, I'd be prop prop a proper 66 kilo boxer. I'll leave it there for now. Hopefully um, there's good news to come in the coming weeks for you, Christina. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. 
Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Kieran Brian Hayes was one of two West Cork winners at Cheltenham last week, getting his first win in the festival, proving once again the West Cork sports people are everywhere that you look. West Cork sport dominates in the headlines, Dylan, always. And what a what a memorable day for Brian Hayes, the Ross Garbury jockey, to, to ride his first Cheltenham Festival winner on St. Patrick's Day. An incredible, incredible moment for him. So he won on impervious in the Petty Power Mayor's Chase on the final day of the festival. So we're going to hear from, from Brian quite soon. I caught up with him to talk about the, I suppose, the significance of his first Cheltenham win, the doors that it will hopefully open for him, but also his own story in um in, in horse racing. He was a like I said earlier, he's a he's a Ross Carberry man, played football with Carberry Rangers from under 12 up 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 to up to junior level, but his sporting interest took him off in a different way. He swapped the O'Neill's ball for the saddle and he hasn't regretted it, as we can see from last um last Friday's heroics. But a, a shout out here too to another local jockey, Dunmanway's Gavin Sheehan, who wrote his third Cheltenham Festival winner last week on You Wear It Well, the one day inaugural Jack the Bromhead Mayor's Novice Hurl on Thursday. So that's another another big win for Gavin Sheehan, who, like I said, has now had three winners at the festival over the years. So he's becoming a bit of a of a of a, a lucky omen for 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 West Cork um, punters at the Cheltenham Festival. But now here's Brian Hayes talking about the the greatest moment in his horse racing career to date. For days after your first Cheltenham Festival winner, Brian, have your feet touched the ground yet? Uh, yeah, back to back to normality today, back to Clonmel race sports there today for um, just just regular racing of a, of a Tuesday. Um, and uh, no, back back to back to reality now. But uh, no, it was uh, it was a dream come true to, to get a Cheltenham winner there on Friday. Um, so it was magic. Talk me through the race, so because I was reading a piece that, that that you had said beforehand, like where you were almost predicting that Impervious was was obviously one of the the, the favourite for the race, but you thought there was a there was a good run in her, and that's how it turned out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were we were thinking we we had a great chance. Um, William Owens had a horse in the race called Allegor de Vassi, mm-hmm. who won her last two races in graded company very easily, and um, Willie and the team thought. Thought, thought she was really top notch so we were uh, obviously very worried about her and we just didn't know how good she was compared to her one and um, thankfully Impervious was uh, was better than her on the day anyway Talk me through the, the last fence come over the last fence it was neck and neck and you just kind of slipped into second for for a moment and then you pushed again like when you're in a race like that how how fast can you think and react to what's going on? Um, yeah you know it's, not, it's a little bit slower you know, I find I find actually with um with age actually riding in races uh I've been riding for a long time things actually slow down now whereas when you were younger maybe things happened quick um whereas now things happen a little bit slower um and when I when I landed over the last last which when, when I was headed I, I thought I was beat but the mayor had other ideas and she she got going again and she won well at the line so it was a uh, it was a bit, uh, was, 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 it was exciting to watch anyway. You, you called it there earlier, a dream come true. But what was it like to ride your first Cheltenham winner? Because it's like, it's it's the Olympics of, of, of horse racing. It's where everyone wants to get a winner. And now you have one on your on your CV. Like it must have been a, a really special moment, Brian. 
Yeah, exactly. It was great to get one on the TV. Um, it was actually it was great because my my two sisters were over there as well, and a good friend of mine from West Cork, uh, Michael Minnis, was there as well. And I was saying to him after, when you come into the parade ring, like it's a real, it's brilliant way to do it in Cheltenham. You walk up through the crowd and they put the music on, and you come into the into the parade ring after. And um, when I weighed back in, then I gave my saddle to the to the person weighing it back in and. I was actually just hanging out there on where where the where where you kinda of hang out for the winning photos or whatever and I was saying to I was saying to a minute after like that we were you know, we just hung out there for about twenty minutes after the race and he was saying, Yeah, sure it's the same as winning an all Ireland final you'd stay on the pitch after, wouldn't you? And you just stay there and take it all in. Oh, it's incredible. Like and there was like great celebrations over in Cheltenham, obviously great celebrations back back here in back here in, in West Cork too. But like you said you said there, you were able to share that moment with your sisters with Mike Minnis from Ross Carberry. Does that make it all the more special that you could share that that high in your career with, with those with your friends and family? Oh absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's great to have friends and family there and uh, it makes it a little bit more special and uh, just you know it's great to get a few pictures with them and everything and you kinda you'd you'd have Good memories then as well, and uh, that makes everything um, it makes everything a lot better. Yeah. Talk to me about your relationship with Impervious. That's your fifth winner together. Kind of per- what's what's that connection like? Kind of you just seem to you just work so well together. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's fucking well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's you know what I don't do much for I don't do much for myself at home or, or kind of mostly does everything with her. Um, um, I just get on her on race day really, and. Um, We've got on well. We've got on well together, obviously, and uh, yeah, she's she just tries so so hard, yeah, and uh, she makes my job very very simple. It's like driving a a good car. She just goes where you want her to go, and um, she she keeps things simple for me. Obviously, winning uh, winning a Cheltenham means a lot to you. But in terms of your career, does this open doors? Does this put you in the spotlight? What what's the significance of this for you, Brian? In terms of what's coming in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, yeah, I suppose it just it means maybe another step up up, up the rostrum of um, you know now you've reached the Cheltenham winner um, you can do that so you know it might 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 just um, make uh, make more opportunities a little bit easier when, when you go up uh, up and get a Cheltenham winner as well it's uh, it'll definitely do no harm anyway. You've come a long way since Grey Pip. I was informed about Grey Pip, your 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 horse here at home in <laughs> here at home in Ross Carver. Like that but that's back at the start when you when you were starting out. Like Grey Pip was a obviously a, a pony that meant an awful lot to you. Yeah, who told you about that now? That was that was Minister now or Shane Gogg or someone, wasn't it? That's that's inside information I'm after picking up from <laughs> Yeah, that was a long time ago, yeah. Um yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, it's great when you need people to help you, obviously along the way, uh Thomas O'Leary was obviously the man who who got me um, started off. Uh, he used to train there in uh, in Ballinscarty. Um, trained loads of winners. Um, won 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 Tiesta's chase with pre-sleep and uh, great ones with New Mill and uh, big race with Scarty Lad. And uh, he got me going. And um, then I went on to uh, Shark Hanlon's and then starting to kind of ride a bit more now for Willie Mullins and Colin Murphy, obviously. And uh, yeah, it just people help you along the way and. Um, you get plenty knocks too, and um, things don't always go as uh, smooth as you'd like. But um, I suppose yeah, um, just you know, you, you'd, you'd like to you'd like to think that you, if you just kept going, you, you would get your opportunities. Now, your story, Brian, is one that's kind of an inspiration for 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 so many kids or or, or young people right across West Cork and beyond. Because you came from a let's say a, a non-horse racing family as such, but you you pursued your career because in this field because you wanted that. Like you played with Carby Rangers from what under under 12 up to, up to junior level but you decided to kind of 
to not stick with the norm. Like you, you pursued what you wanted to, 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 to do, took a lot of hard work, but you've reached it. Yeah, yeah, it was massive. And I, and I, I loved playing the football for, for Ross, um, played all the way up to, to junior, as you say. And, uh, yeah, but, but, well, every, I say all of my friends, um, all of my friends still, yeah, played football and a lot of them once senior, senior county with, with Ross, um, but uh, yeah, I, I went, I went off doing the horses. But um, yeah, everyone has their own thing, and that that was that was mine. So it was, it was, uh, it's nice. It's, it's even nice now that we're talking about that. Like it means that I have done something. Like I got a Cheltenham winner, so it's it's great. It just means I've done something. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you now, right? Ross won the county, first county back in 2016. If you could have been a part of that team, Brian, or you could hold on to your Cheltenham win last Friday, which would you pick? <laughs> I'm gonna be selfish there and hold on to my children when I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great and stuff. But even, but even the fact, like from Ross Carberry and with Gavin Sheehan too from Dunmanway, like with with two West Cork jockeys yeah. winning in in Cheltenham last week, it, it's it's just great for the sport locally as well. Yeah, exactly. It might um get more people interested in it. There's not, you know, there's not many trainers down in West Cork. Robert Tyner, um, there's not a James Delay in Bandon, um, but you know, there's not. It's not a big. Up here, we'll say in Carlow, where I'm based, there's trainers dotted around everywhere. Up further up in Mead, Tipperary, you know, there's, there's trainers everywhere, but it's not as not as prevalent down at, down at home in, in West Cork. You mentioned Thomas Leary there, like, and he gave you your start back, what, you were in transition year in school as it kind of got onto your leaving circle. Like, how, how important was getting that chance for that door to open slightly for you? Because you did take your chance, but just to, just to get that opportunity in the first place. Yeah, very important because um, you need someone to take an interest in you and just kind of help you along the way and and kind of tell you, you know, you know, if you could do it if if you if you put your mind to it. And um, yeah, it's very important. You just need someone to to take an interest. And um, Thomas was was very good. Me and Padraig Butler, he was the man I um I kind of was grew up with. Party on with Thomas O'Leary, kind of going in there every weekend and. Uh, any days we were off school and um, he was good to myself and Padre Butler who's training now as well in West Cork um, he's got his um, license there now as well so he, he's got he went training and I went riding so uh, we, we're both still involved with horses so it's brilliant Have we any plans for a big homecoming in Ross Garbury soon? Uh, no I don't think there's anything I don't, don't really think so but uh, I think I think Colin Murphy's having a big party Saturday night down in Wexford for, for the mayor in Purview so uh, I'll go down to that anyway so what's what's your plan? So like you're obviously back in action now, but the the next couple of days, weeks, months, what's coming up for you? Uh, this is actually very busy. Um, after Cheltenham, so Cheltenham is the main event, but then Fairy House rolls around festival, Entry Festival, so the Grand National, obviously the big big race there, and then Punchestown Festival. So there's three big festivals will come fairly close together now in the next um by the end of by the end of uh, April. So that's uh, there'll be a lot of lot of racing going on there and in parting race. And how soon do you know? But when you've rides on in, in in those festivals coming up, like is it weeks beforehand? Is it days beforehand? Like what's the logistics and timeline? Say, say that again, Kieran. What's the logistics and timeline when it comes to whether you know whether you have um, rides in those festivals coming up? Um, you you know you know on entries you you'll have an, a a good idea on entries you'll see the entries. Um, and then you'll have a look at what's running and what what might run, and then you have your agent who will be in contact with all the um with all the trainers, and he'll kind of tell you what's going on and what you might be riding or what you won't be riding, and um you kind of make your plans from there. Then. 
will be a man in demand after your success on on St. Patrick's Day in Cheltenham. Congratulations again, Brian, and hopefully we'll see you in Ross Garbury soon. Lovely. Thanks a million, Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, now is the time of the week where we take a look at what's coming up in this Thursday's Southern Star Sport. So we've touched on some of the pieces earlier. We've had two-page special on the West Cork Rally, Dylan, where we chat to the, the locals who made their mark and the, the roads around Clannacilty. And um, obviously the, the Cork inter-county teams, it's a very busy time with the leagues coming 10 in. So we've report from Cork loud in the football you can head the Cork Derry the Cork hurlers we have to mention too have a, a league semi-final coming up this weekend the Cork ladies footballers had a super win against Kerry on St. Patrick's Day and they're taking on me this weekend and obviously like I mentioned earlier the Cork Camogie team are home to Galway in Parky Cueve so we've all the inter-county action covered but just as important we have a lot of local action as well in the County Hurling League Division 3 there was a local derby between Lucistown and Bandon and we have a full report and reaction from that with the Bragg and Rights going to Newcastle. We also have a full report and reaction from the challenge game that was on in Dunmanway on Monday night between a, a development Carberry team and the Cork under-23 football development team as well. So it was a chance for Carberry boss Tim Buckley to, to give 12 new Carberry players a chance to pull on the Carberry jersey, and they put it up to a, a strong Cork under-23 development team that featured a lot of local players as well. We also have an interview with Niall Toomey, former Benji Blue star, now of Benascarty, who was in charge of that Cork team, where he explains where this Cork team came about, its importance and how it operates. So that's that's well worth checking out. Also, we have a match report reaction from the Hemis um, All-Ireland Colleges Senior B hurling final last weekend. Unfortunately, they lost to the an Offaly school, Kalosh to Nave Cormac, who were um, inspired by Adam Screeny, I, I think his name was. I think he got 2.12 or 2.13 in the end. So um, disappointment for Hamilton High School in Bendon. But what an incredible year they've had um, winning a Munster title and going all the way to an All-Ireland final. So well done well done to them and head, heads up high after what they have achieved also in in local soccer, we know that the, the, the last four teams in the Beamish Cup, Dunmanway Town beat Trina Rangers in an epic quarterfinal last weekend, Dylan. Forget about those minutes of madness over in Old Trafford on Sunday. It all happened in, at Cannon Crowley Park. It was one all going into injury time at the end of the second half. Mark Buckley popped up with a 90-second minute goal for Dunmanway. It looked like the winner, but straight from the kickoff, Trina equalised, sent the game to extra time it eventually went to the penalties for Stephen Daly the Dunmanway goalkeeper was the hero of the day so we've that and loads loads more it's a it's a packed star sports section this week and it's also a, a quick chance to just to let our listeners know that coming up in next week's Southern Star we have an eight page special on O'Donovan Ross's footballers that won the 1993 All-Ireland Club Senior Football Final that was the, the greatest moment ever for a West Cork club football team. They were crowned the best team in Ireland. They beat Aero Og of Carlow after a replay. And they're still the only West Cork team to ever reach that high. So we're chatting to some of those heroes and we have lots of different angles and stories in an eight-page special next week. So while this week's Southern Star is top class, but next week's one in your diary as well. Yes, one to look forward to all of that and more uh, will be available in shops at West, across West Cork from this Thursday and next Thursday and every Thursday after that as well. As always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, 
you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet, or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details, and you get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than €2 Euro per week. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again next week.